Viking went there to say, is Mars alive or not? Mm-hmm. With all the knowledge we had about what life is, like, for instance, not unlocking a lot of genetic information about lots of the things on Earth, um, uh, we went, f- frankly, with, like, petri dishes kind of stuff, and we brought soil in and stuck it in the petri dish and, and hoped that if Mars was alive, stuff would grow, nothing grew, yeah, that we test like, was kind of that test was kind of like does it breathe and stuff like that. Right. I, it, it, to me, so it looked they like they can't grow corn there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. To me, it looked no, like no. I was trying to imagine that same probe landing in like Barstow, and right. I figured it would have almost the it same. It might results. have. That's <laughs> funny. It's true. I mean, it, it really was just like oh, dirt. You know, <laughs> you wait for a plant to like, yeah. grow out with <laughs> leaves pushing you know right. tentacles and everything. It's just talking to people about dark matter. And neutrinos can be funny. Surely you're joking. Hopefully, yes. What a wonderful universe. Welcome to Surely You're Joking. I'm your host, Dr. Kevin Peter Hickerson. And today I'm joined by all three of our co-hosts, Owen Benjamin. Bachelor's degree, Owen Benjamin. <laughs> Jimmy O'Yang. Bachelor of Science in Economics. Oh, yes. Yeah, I like you wait, you wait uh-huh. five episodes to bust that out. You that's know, awesome. That's cool, I man. I've just been imposturing to be a doctor in the other episodes. So. <laughs> and we're very excited to have back from Romania <laughs> our, our, red-haired, <laughs> our red-haired redneck, Griff Pippen. How you doing, Griff? Good. A bachelor in journalism. Awesome. There you go. Yeah. That turned out very useful for you. <laughs> so useful. <laughs> and I'm very excited and pleased to introduce our uh, scientist guest today. Uh, Adam Steltzner. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing pretty good. Adam, you are an amazing guy. I've seen you on videos and the news and TV for a long time uh, because you are one of the main... uh, You're going to actually have to tell me the specific dialogue, (laughs) but I know you're one of the main people who works on uh, all three of the Mars rovers that are presently working, and I believe you worked on Pathfinder 2. Yeah. Um, and uh, you're, today you're going to talk to us about Mars, I hope. So can you just tell us a little bit? Of, well, anyway, welcome, you guys. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good to be here. This um, is fun. So I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about uh, your exact titles on all of those. Just Sure. You know, um, I was just a uh, red shirt engineer first grade on uh, Pathfinder um, uh, on Spirit and Opportunity, I was the uh, mechanical systems lead for the entry, descent, and landing, which meant I was sort of um, helping pull together the mechanical engineering elements of our landing system for the twin rover Spirit and Opportunity. Wow. And for um, uh, curiosity, I was uh, called the entry, descent, and landing phase lead, which really means um, I was in charge of all of the engineering of the, you know, leading the team of very talented people who are better than I, um, uh, to put together our landing system that got curiosity on the surface of Mars. That's amazing. Which is the Mm -hmm. most amazing YouTube video I've ever seen, the landing system. The uh, the seven minutes of terror? Yeah. 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 It's incredible. If you guys haven't seen it, uh, what... Like, what will they Google just curiosity landing system? Uh, seven Minutes of Terror will get a, uh, a, a video that a friend of ours, uh, John Beck, put together and has the has some of the team members and uh, the landing system featured. So I thought I, Seven Minutes of Terror was Kevin trying to work audio. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's 27 uh, Minutes of Terror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the smartest awesome. people I know is just like, what is this? <laughs> the record button? 
Um, okay. So, yeah. Is there water wow. on Mars? Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. We, we found it today. That today we announced it. Today. Right. Exactly. This is incredible. There's no spoiler word. I want to know. I. You know, they they named the rover Curiosity. My middle name's Curiosity. Is there water on Mars? And tell us about it. Well, so um, we have we've known that there was water on Mars from uh, back with uh, Spirit and Opportunity. They sh- they showed evidence that w- Mars had once been wet, but we didn't know some important features about the water. Uh, its salinity was it essentially salty, sweet, um, acidic, basic. Would it have been habitable for life? Whoa! And uh, Curiosity was sent to answer that question, not necessarily with water with water directly, but with water-rich minerals, hydrated minerals. And the answer came back, the answer was yes, that ancient wet environment of Mars would have harbored life. We don't know if life existed or still exists, but back three billion years ago, when it was super wet on Mars, that environment would have been compatible for life. Now, recently, just today, we announced, NASA announced, that from orbit, uh, measurements of these... um, artifacts that we were calling recurring slope lineae, which just means it's a very lines on a name. slope <laughs> right. that, that show up occasionally. But when it would get warm on the sides of craters and hills, we would see these lines show up and then disappear. And the thought was this might be um, salty water, water coming out and running down the slope from uh, ice. We know that there's Solid water, ice on the surface of Mars or beneath the surface of Mars and occasionally on the surface of Mars. Um, the latest announcement is that we now know that those recurring sleep l- slope lineae are, in fact, water and likely salty water. And so there is intermittently liquid water on the surface of That's Mars. That's insane. It's yeah. pretty Do cool. Do you think that water is cleaner story. than L.A. tap water? Uh, it depends <laughs> on where you live. Up in Altadena, probably definitely That's right. So. We, live, we both live in Altadena. We have very nice water. Do you think there used to be an atmosphere back in the day? Or? Yeah, a, a long time ago. It, we think that there was more atmosphere than there is today. And that Mars just cooled down, slowed down. It's small, and it the sun blew away its atmosphere. Atmosphere. Three billion years ago, they elected Donald Trump Martian. <laughs> and Martian president. <laughs> so the water now, that's liquid. It's um, liquid because it's so much salt in it. That's why it's uh, allowed to be liquid. Well, it's liquid because the temperature gets right. And, um, and it's not liquid on the surface for very long because the atmospheric density is so low that it evaporates away. So does that mean it rains? Oh. No, it means that the, there's so little atmosphere. The atmosphere on Mars is like about 110 to 120,000 feet here on Earth. So, or one one hundred. Dude, it doesn't even rain here. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <is LA. laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's... It does, Probably doesn't. rains on Mars more than L.A. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. But how does it get there to come down? A uh, gravity. So it's in... We, we think it's in... Um, trapped somehow, either ice, likely ice. Mm-hmm. The temperature comes up enough to be, for it to become liquid. It comes out, runs down the slopes, and then evaporates. Wow. Yeah. So some of the pictures of it look like it kind of oozes out of the side of the hill. Yes. So is, is that it's seeping through the rock, or is there like a pack of ice and or I water don't have, there? I don't have that answer for you. Okay. I think we found a solution some to the drought in exist. California. <laughs> right. is, there, is there a chance there's life <laughs> on Mars, Mars? like my, uh, microorganisms and stuff? Well, that's the, well, you know that is essentially the biggest question in right. front of us for Mars exploration. The one that is certainly has the most interest to the general public, public right? Mm-hmm. And it's understandable because it's a kind of profound question. 
um, are we alone? Really, is right. life here on Earth the only life that we know, or are there other places, perhaps even one of our closest neighbors, where where life could exist? Now, these lives will be like microbes and stuff. We kind of ruled out that the big-headed aliens wouldn't be. I don't know. You know, you could imagine a super mega huge alien living in like a, a fortress underneath the surface of Mars and controlling my voice with telepathic brains. But certainly, you guys, uh, you guys, meaning JPL and, and interplanetary people, your uh, Europa and other places like it are. Right. That's a place that might have something like what? a fish or something like that. A fish? Uh, a fish? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, might, I, I think so. so well, what do you think? So I, I'm not an exobiologist, but I drink beer with exobiologists. And they tell me that, <laughs> that places like Europa uh-huh. um, uh, and Enceladus, what we think have liquid water oceans. In Europa, we think that the ocean is twice the, the volume of all the oceans. And how far is this? Uh, it's around Jupiter, so it's... Okay. A long way off. I mean, that's one of the challenges. There's more water there than here? Yeah. (laughs) And a moon? In the the last decade, we've discovered like 10 times the amount of water we thought was even on Earth. Even Earth has more water than we thought. Now, are these water like drinkable water? Are they like, or or are they too salty? Because I heard the one in Mars is. Well, if you want to instantly die, I'm just kidding. So, so, (laughs) a big Brita filter, a really big Brita filter. Um, we don't know about the uh, about the about the ones that are in these uh, places like Europa. We don't really know what the salinity of those of that water is. The the chemistry of the rocks, the ancient rocks, suggests that when there wa- when Mars was more wet than it is today, when it had water on the surface for long periods of time, that that water was in a drinkable zone. Whether we we might have thought it tasted pretty bad, mm-hmm. or or not. Uh, but it was in a drinkable zone. Wow. That's mind-blowing. Well. But the, the water they found now, it has, uh, what kind of salts does it have? Uh, I have, you know, I have not had a chance to, to dig into the, the actual findings, mm-hmm. but there, it is uh, salty water. Okay. Yeah, and I was like, kosher. guys, I have a probe yeah. on Mars, too. Maybe we want to talk about that. <laughs> right. Well, actually, uh, I, I, my, my gig is not so much operating spacecraft on the surface of Mars, but the process of engineering um, and developing and building them. Mm-hmm. So create, well, that's you know, actually create. like the coolest part. So I think that's uh, well. Good. I think it's the coolest part. Yeah. So I mean, me that, the landing on both of those uh, rover type, you know, the the airbags and the uh, and the sky crane and the so. sky crane are both like blew my mind. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I built a Lego rover. And that was a huge accomplishment to me. Yeah. What were some of the problems that you faced, like designing uh, a rover that could land on Mars? Crushing self-doubt. <laughs> so it's like um, comedy. It's, it's like the like never-ending story when that dude looks in the mirror of who he really is. Uh, you get a little bit of that. Um, uh, also, super challenge of working with a large team. Yeah. Um, you know, you got to coordinate. You, you know, it's about... Dozens of people working successfully together very closely. And then dozens of those groups of people working together collectively. Mm-hmm. So you get down to, like, thousands of people working on one of these tasks. And uh, that's also a challenge. The engineering, the technical challenges, um, we had problems with the airbag system, finding ways of making bags that were strong enough. That was a big one. Uh, we use parachutes for both the airbag landers and the sky crane landers. And parachutes are kind of a drag. <laughs> 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 um, but, no, seriously, uh, surely. Um, <laughs> uh, 
they are a drag. They're, uh, we don't really, they work. We understand why they work, but we cannot accurately predict when they will work, you know, as accurately as we'd like to. Yeah. So that's a bit of a bummer. Um, and then it, the sky crane certainly was a huge hurdle. Um, it was very complex. And everybody in their brother thought it would fail. So that made it, the self-doubt sort of worse because... People if just fall out and tell you. There's like really smart haters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing that? That's yeah. a terrible idea. And we felt that, you know, if you'd messed up some more conventional approach, people would say, oh, yeah, bummer. I guess things didn't work out. Uh, maybe you, 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 you missed a calculation or something. But if we failed with the sky crane, we didn't think that the, anybody would give us, cut us any slack. Right. They would just be, it was the dumbest thing. Mm-hmm. I told my wife it was the dumbest thing. I told everybody I knew it was the dumbest thing. And it was, you dumbass. Yeah, it's right. like Euro right. Disney. Yeah, look at right. this asshole. He it's tried. Like, right, that's it's right. like France is going to love Mickey Mouse. <laughs> so it's like when that failed, everyone was like, we knew France wouldn't like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> right. But if it worked, it would have been a mock. You right. guys worked. Right, that's right, right. Yeah. right, right. Then everyone that's thinks amazing. you're a genius, right? So how yeah. do you test these things? Because obviously the, the environment of Mars Mini is... Mars. is is there, no, is there a mini Mars Owen? <laughs> yeah. Is that, because yeah. um, like one small calculation Mars, Mars. off, the whole thing is, is gone, right? Because yeah. there's nobody on Mars that can just go fix it. No. So yeah, everything has to be. That we know of. Yeah. No, there's yeah. Asians there. there. <laughs> Asians? Yeah. Alien Asians? Are they microbe Asians? No, they're full-size Asians. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Just like you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that is, um, there's some trick to that. We, we don't get to test it. The landing right. system, certainly we don't get to test. Wow. And so we do it all by analysis and, and computer simulation. And things like that, they don't tell you there's certain kinds of wrong you can be that a, a, an analysis or a simulation won't um, tell you that you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Like omissions, sins of omission. Like if you forget something. Like you forget not a term in your equation necessarily, but a phenomena, you know, like uh, gravity, if you had gravity wrong. Uh-huh. It's yeah. going to tell you that your gravity for Mars is wrong. You're just going to, it's going to tell you you do fine, and you're going to show up, and Mars is going to be different than you thought. So, um, so if the givens are wrong, you're screwed. Yeah, the givens are kind of, uh, yeah. you, should, you should expect the givens to potentially be wrong and be ready for that. Mm. And things do go wrong, right? Oh, I things mean, go wrong yeah. all the time. So the reason I'm asking is because there was a, an, of course, we interviewed Andy Weir, and mm-hmm. we're all very excited to see The Martian. Yep. I'm sure you are, too. You've yep. probably already seen it. I don't know. Uh, no, you I know. have not seen, okay. had a chance to see it. I thought just like downward, they, you guys keep the aliens. They yeah, they, yeah it's it's just, they've got, we've got a screening <laughs> room by all the alien <laughs> spacecraft, and the and uh, we watch and like with the, the other aliens. Video and stuff. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm writing so, a book called The Europan. It's just really wet. We That's called a gold mine joke. It's, per- <laughs> it's pronounced the, European. European. In the course of Europeans. In the course of this rover leaving and getting landing on Mars, how many, I mean, obviously there have to be some kind of mathematical errors. You guys plan for little tiny things right. all the time? So we, yeah, so we, you, because it works best when you assume that you're wrong and put the, the processes in to check and figure out that you're wrong. So we do a lot of testing where we can. We test our software on the spacecraft. Uh, we do computer simulations. Um, but sometimes some of those givens are off. 
and uh, then you're just playing wrong. So the reason I was asking about the the Martian is because uh, the Guardian had an article where they just did, this seemed to have happened with Interstellar too, but right. the Guardian just had an article that said no that windstorm in the Meek. beginning was ridiculous, right. and right. it made the comment that. Um, uh, you know, wind, no matter how fast, would never blow anything over. And right. I, I thought that was a little odd. Um, and particular, uh, not so much that that comment was made, but the entire point of that scene, it's not a, uh, it doesn't kill this plot because it's in the previews already. So it's all right. Yeah, but, you get stuck on Mars. But, uh, it's the, the premise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the thing that really shocked me about the making that comment as a, you know, not realistic is the entire point was that it was supposed to be that somebody calculated something wrong. So right. that it went past a boundary. I mean, I mean journalists. Remember when uh, <laughs> uh, for big uh, for uh, Silicon Valley, someone was like, "And Kumail's playing the same role that he does on Big Bang." Theory. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a different Indian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's Kunal. That's one of my our buddies, Kunal. It affects anyone's yeah. Indian, if people so. can get their Indians Which one, mixed I don't up, know, so. imagine well, there should the not Mars even stuff. be an Indian in Pakistan. That's because of British imperialism. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. No, but and they got so. Uh, we got to get both of them in on the show at the same time. Oh, yeah, prove sure, to people down. that. Yeah, I think Kumail yeah. tweeted about the water on Mars, so I, he's, he's definitely. Yeah, I think Kumail's on. Because he's a, friends with Kumail, and they're they're on the same. But how show, about when so. that when they said that it was the same person? That's hilarious. Not <laughs> only not only did they say right. that it was the same person, they're playing the same character. They're not the same person. <laughs> right. So it's the same with it's like the balls it takes to like question these these high level science thinkers where so just some asshole journalist is like, but the wind wouldn't even knock it over. It's like so you're when, a dumb asshole. You don't right. know what you're talking so, about. So yeah. when I was uh, uh, when I was in graduate school, I went and saw what, this is years back. When I saw one of the, um, the Star Trek movies, and it was with the Next Generation. Uh, Theme, yeah, and at this one they're pulling out uh, um, Data's emotion chip because I think he's like losing his mind or something. I can't re- really remember the de- details, but they show on screen this computer chip, and the two people in front of me scoff at each other like, "Show Data's emotion chip at like three times normal size." <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So the idea that you get wrapped around the axle of your perception of either something that really is is not realistic, but used as a dramatic tool, for instance, the mm-hmm. very high wind on the, on the surface of Mars in the Martian, or some other feature, because you're too wrapped in the details to get the actual message yeah. that's coming out. Wait, yeah. Well, because case... they don't get context. Right. Yeah. And, and no offense to, you know, my physics friends, but sometimes the ultra-linear thinking, right. which is zoom. You know, like sometimes people just look at one thing and they just don't see all the other factors. Yep. Right. And they're like that. And it's like, well, without the pro- like a exaggerated size, there's no second act. <laughs> you know, like they don't see the whole context right. of the situation. Uh, That's right. And so, you know, um, we had, uh, oh, God, Stanton. No. The famous um, autistic animal husbandry woman. Oh, yeah. I heard a podcast with her. She saw a lot of horses and is, stuff. Yes. Her name is... Uh, we'll forget about it. I can't take this. We'll edit it in and post. I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, so she was... Um, we'll have uh, Siri's voice replace your voice <laughs> during that part. Uh, oh, the it's at the edge of my brain. Anyway, I won't get it. But she came and gave a talk at, at the lab. And she, one of the reasons she wanted to come and talk at the lab is because she had the central argument that a lot of the people, a lot of engineers and scientists are somewhere on that autistic 
spectrum, yeah. right? And they can get very, really yeah. locked on a subset exactly. of the data that is, subset of the, of the stimulus that's coming into them. Yeah. They just lock onto that and lose sight of the other stuff. And that's certainly true. And that happens with uh, people get offended online because they're reacting to a word or something, but in the context, yes. it's not offensive. But they're but, like, you said this. It's like, I only see this little area of the world. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, but that is, if you don't use that word, nothing makes sense. Right, mm-hmm. right. And it's like that with ultra-linear thinking. There's a little bit of spectrum autism. Because I think everyone's a little on the spectrum. Yes, well, it's a it, spectrum, right? So, spectrum. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone's on <laughs> there's, there's extreme, because I'm like that with piano. I could play, like, all day long, I would just play classical music. And I just would only see those notes. And then... But other than that, you know, some people... So how do you work with people like that? Because like, I, I want to figure out how to properly understand how to work with uh, people that over-focus on things. <laughs> right. Uh, well, so, the, you know, the, that's a big... <laughs> that is a big deal, right? Um, in general, working in a team is all about figuring out how to work across a, a range of different uh, work types. Right. And I wouldn't say that I'm an expert at it at all. You're and clearly I, an expert at it. Screw up Like, you all put the time. something on Mars working with, like, a thousand people that think completely differently. Well, yes. You're the most expert I can think of. No, no, no. <laughs> like, think of who would know more about dealing with communication styles of humans. Well, so, um, you, you just play it by ear. You try and figure out how to get into somebody's right. head, how to connect with them. I mean, that's... Um, what I am doing always, I'm always psychoanalyzing each one of you, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about where you're coming from and how I might be able to get a message to you, or you, or you. Yeah, so, so, so the reptilian related, brain. Yeah, so on that topic, uh, dealing with other people, um, you have amazing hair. That is no secret. You have amazing well, hair. thank you very much. Wow. And you can even I think Kevin knows podcast. how to get through to you. Yeah. 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 I mean, exactly. and, with the hair boom. compliment. <laughs> that just happened. Yeah. I mean, that just happened. Yeah, and, and when I, when you, if you Wikipedia, I've known you had great hair, Elvis-esque, I think it's been described. Even Wikipedia mentions it. But I got to say, I was actually, I was concerned for you. What did it feel like? And I, I hope this isn't too personal. What did it feel like to get out haired? Oh, it's true. I was Mohawk totally out haired. Yeah, I mean that was that I, that came out of nowhere. I know it did. Totally. And then the president's talking oh, yeah. about it, and every and I knew there was like there I've was been out cubed. No one could out cube him. <laughs> I mean, that's I'd love sort to of hear a given. Obama say that. Like, yeah. you know, he's got great no, no. He's got great poops. I've seen poops. Really good. <laughs> so seriously, did Great that did that bother you? I mean, um, so you know, I work with Bobak, um, aka Mo- Mohawk Man. He's a great guy, and so it's yeah, we don't need to know his real name, right? <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah. Let's call him exactly. Mohawk. That's what you know. <laughs> to the Victor go the spoils. He's Mohawk Man. That would sort of suck, I would think. But um, uh, but yeah, you know, a little stunning. Usually in any given room, um, I certainly am not the smartest guy, but I usually think that I have you know up there in the hair department. Um, and uh, and Bobak really rocked it. He, he had he a did. special, you know, he he would rotate through um, uh, critical events with sort of special color, special dues, and his landing night do was. I gotta hand it to him. I yeah, just he gotta had the, give the flag and everything. Yeah, everything. there's yeah. moments. Hair branding, hair branding gotta... in science is important. Einstein yeah. started it. Yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was. He was. Yeah. One, he was the original hair brand. Neil deGrasse Tyson mm-hmm. brought some hair heat. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yep, yeah. there's a good pattern there. Millie Vanilli. <laughs> 
Yes. Jimmy's bringing Although some they weren't really scientists in the end. <laughs> yeah, we discovered no. that they didn't do <laughs> right. the experiments themselves. They're they reading other people's research. proofs, had to yeah. get their Nobel back. So, um... With the Mars machines, I want to ask you this because I saw the videos for the um, the airbag landing, right? Yeah. Well, you just drop the airbag and then they, they bounce and they bounce and then eventually comes to a stop and the car exits. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. And then we the, call them rovers, but yeah, cool. The car. The car. Yeah. <laughs> a Volkswagen just comes out, you know. He has um, the matchbox. The smart version. car. Yes. That'd be a great car commercial. And then um, if just that like actually a would. Comes out. Yeah. That now that's going to happen, and you're not going to get paid for it. I don't need pay. I just need uh, the acclaim. <laughs> testing, testing, yeah, acclaim, yeah. acclaim. You don't need to pay me, but let everyone know it was mine. <laughs> so, so, so the airbag, that was the older version of that. Yeah. And a newer version is, can you maybe explain that well, a little? Because so I can't yeah, do it so, justice. Um, between, we used the, the uh, airbags to get three different rovers on the surface of mm-hmm. Mars. The, a little tiny one, which was the first time we used the, uh, the airbags, which was Mars Pathfinder. And then the twin rover, Spirit and Opportunity, in 2000, they landed in 2004 in January. They used airbags. It gets harder as the vehicle inside of the airbags gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, and by the time we got to Curiosity, which is the size of actually a car, uh-huh. bigger than a, than a Mini Cooper, um, and about the weight of a car, 2,000 pounds or so. But less on Mars, though, right? Less on Mars, but here on Earth, the mass of it. Um, uh, we, couldn't get, we couldn't make fabric strong enough to make bags out of that would work. And so we were pushed into a corner to do something different. What about those, like, Trader Joe's so, bags? Those I know. Pretty, those are pretty tough. Pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are. Put, like, a couple six-packs in there. They're okay. Mm-hmm. I know. It is. I, but I a big rover, evidently not. Nope. I hear go. airbags kill more rovers than they save. Is yeah. True? Well, if, if they're not, <laughs> if the rovers are too small, <laughs> that's the serious. problem. It's a, Good one, Kev. That was before smart airbags. Yeah, now the yeah. airbag senses <laughs> the rover's size and does either deploys or doesn't, depending on whether it would save the life or not. So now the new system. <laughs> the new system we call the Sky Crane, or people call mm-hmm. it the Sky Crane. Right. Um, and that is, in some ways, can be thought of the airbag landing system without the airbags, right? Because the airbags, the airbags were on a rope underneath a set of rockets. The rope was longer. The rockets were dumber. They were just solid rockets. You turn them on, you can't turn them off. And the measurements of where Mars was and how fast we were going were less sophisticated. But... In the Sky Crane, we have a set of rockets and a set of tethers, and now the naked rover with its wheels down. And we're going to go slow down well enough, slow enough, so that we can actually put the rover on its wheels on the surface. And so it's an outgrowth of that airbag landing approach, just where you've done such a good job, you don't need the airbags anymore. So it's wow. like a little little jetpack almost. It is stopping a it from dropping yeah. so slowly, and then it bails. Like it, it bails. It cuts we itself. cut itself free, and it flies off to a to a safe distance to hit the surface. Was there like airbag guys that are like, but we are using airbags, all right? No, no. The airbag guy was the the <laughs> airbag guys were part of the people who figured out we couldn't do airbags. Ah. Anymore. I thought it was Mohawk guy. Yeah. Gotta <laughs> get back at you. Mohawk guy. <laughs> yeah. So did those no. things no, he run was too on? Too busy at a soccer game being a hooligan. <laughs> Did they run on? They, they have mohawks. Did they run on battery? Or did they run on gas? The the um, rovers. So the rovers run on well the rovers <laughs> that have been down there before, previous rovers before Curiosity run on solar power, electricity, oh. but from solar panels into batteries, and and used that way. Um, uh, Curiosity runs on a little. A nuclear power source. It needs, uses something with a little bit more kick. Yeah. yeah. Well, more <laughs> importantly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. More importantly, that doesn't 
depend on the weather. The yeah. thing about the, the solar-powered rovers is they get dusty. The solar panels get dusty. And unless wind comes and cleans them off, eventually they get so dusty. And at, during winter, the sun gets low enough that they don't make enough energy to keep their batteries warm. If their battery gets too cold, it fails game over. And you mm-hmm. lost a rover and that way. And we did lose the yeah. rover. Wow. Spirit lost that, was lost that if it, way. If it gets undusted, will it kick back in? Nope. Once it's, it's once it's gone too cold, it dies. Ugh. And so <clears throat> it's only so you need to have a minimum of solar energy coming on those arrays to keep the thing alive. Now with a nuclear power source, you don't need that. And so you can go to a wider range of latitudes, you can go to a wider range of t- terrains. You could go up and nestle against something that might be in permanent shadow, which you wouldn't be able to do with a rover, and you you're not dependent on wind coming by and cleaning your solar panels. So wow. I'm an expert on this one, so I gotta talk about <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, so the but power source is. How up a microphone? That <laughs> <laughs> the expertise is not totally transferable. <laughs> <laughs> so it really does run on plutonium. It's but it's not. Uh, it's not. So it's bo- a flex capacitor. Well, it's it's not a it's not bomb plutonium like the right. the, uh, the the bombs. DeLorean did yeah. ran on. That's two thirty nine is is so called weapons grade plutonium. This is uh, much harder to get a hold of. This is uh, plutonium two thirty eight, and it's actually so hard to get a hold of that there might not be enough of it for for future missions. I'm sure you, you right. Know, yeah, we, about yeah, that. we worry about that. Yeah. Can you just get rid of because that's an isotope, right? So that's an extra neutron. Just kick off one of Can those things. You get things. rid of no, a neutron. No, it's it's. Hard I mean, uh, to, what is it? Yeah, it's a neutron. Yeah, you neutron. have to get off a neutron, but it's, it's not easy. You need easy to a do very that. very small tweezers. <laughs> you need Asian uh, fingers. Yeah. No, so part of the reason that there's not very much of it is because uh, really it was a it was a product of the weapons program from various countries: the U.S., Russia, other countries, and nobody really makes weapons that much anymore. I mean, we're more like in the habit of decommissioning them or reprocessing them, uh, so there really isn't any left. Uh, is it wrong in weapons? A, well, no, no, no. It's not used in weapons. This is where it gets confusing. It's not weapons-grade plutonium. It's totally, It cannot be used in a weapon. It's a byproduct of making weapons. So it, it's, uh, it's oh. kind of like... So the war was like you, a really good thing. The threat of Armageddon yeah. was like, look at what we've been able, to do, what we've been able to do with that. That's... <laughs> Swords into plowshares for you, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars pizza boxes. Boom. <laughs> yeah. That happened. Yeah. But we really do need to figure out, uh, you know, a peacetime way of... No, Kevin is now so. saying that we should start arming nuclear bombs again so that we can make rover fuel. Yeah, so far... <laughs> for, that's <laughs> not what I said. I said the nuclear bombs... I'm on the spectrum. I don't understand I said they're good, but they're good for, as in the first episode we talked about it, they're good for deflecting asteroids and comets and maybe terraforming Mars. So for not like every... Which we should talk about it, because not in the way that Elon Musk said, in my personal opinion. Yeah, we covered a lot, a lot of stuff right yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Elon Musk said that he wants to terraform Mars uh, soon or something. Right. And he said the way we're going to do that is to blow up the ice caps. And uh, that's a lot of people, a lot of scientists like me, we did some calculations. They're like, that's really bad use of right. uh, nuclear right. weapons. Well, yeah. it's not – I mean, any crash is quite a bit. So it's like you don't want those weapons going up with Elon. No offense to Elon Musk, but hey, he's probably he there's been some so. major crashes. <laughs> well, I still want to launch bombs, though. I just – Really? A much faster way of doing it ah, is you deflect – I know, I know, but <laughs> – scares me, man. Yeah, but remember, it, like people are afraid of flying, remember? 
same chance of dying. Right, but like tomatoes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Lunar eclipses. Yeah. It's like when, yeah, but when like the Wright brothers would crash in a barn, not a big deal. You know, a nuclear weapon falls to Earth. Way bigger deal, right? That's happened a whole bunch of times. It has? Yeah. What? A whole what bunch well, you got yeah, there's a couple that are lost. That's frightening. <laughs> there's one that just got lost in Louisiana. They have no <laughs> idea where it is. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Wait, so they shoot it up, they just came down, but it never got detonated. Well, no, it was, it was dropped as a part of a practice uh, bombing run. And by accident. By accident. <laughs> yeah. Louisiana. Yeah, that, Louisiana. That's not that the one you're supposed to drop. Yeah. Supposed there, to there's been more than one. You, there's a Wikipedia page about it. Can we get the government some Adderall? <laughs> we got to get him focused. We'll focus. A lot we'll of this focus. all happened a long time ago, so we don't, you know, we don't do these things Bygons. anymore. I think. Bygones. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, our bad. We dropped Whoops. a nuclear bomb on what? Louisiana. <laughs> but if you really want to get like a lot of gases and water on Mars, it seems to me a fast way to do it would be to deflect a comet and burn it up in the atmosphere, and you would you could build up atmospheric gases. I think I calculated take like. A million comments to do that, but wow. it's a doable thing. It's well, so a lot easier a than just. So here's a here's I, I want um, I I w- won't argue with the with the uh, implementation strategy. That is to say, the comets. Um, uh, my where I run aground is the premise that it's a good idea to terraform Mars. Yes, okay. for the following exactly. reason. <laughs> um, I think that the um, knowledge, um, care. And discipline needed to make Mars an inhabitable planet are exactly the knowledge, discipline, and care needed to keep this planet habitable. So I don't know why it it would be – if we can't get it done here, I don't Mm -hmm. think we'll get it done there. And if we can get it done there – we won't need to do it because we'll get it done here. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like being a bad husband and starting another family. <laughs> like, you it's have literally like I'm so, I have three kids, so the best way I'm going to deal with this is to have three more kids with another woman. I like how you use three kids as just a random example. Random example. Some random guy. Just who a dude. Maybe has three. <laughs> okay, right. but I, I have a, I have a, like I have a, an agenda here. Okay. I, I don't actually want to deflect a comet onto Mars because I need to terraform Mars. I you think, just want to do it because it's cool. Yeah. No, no, I want to do it, it because is cool. I think it would be cool. It would be super really cool. Be great. Uh, it would be very cool. But I actually want to do it after nine hundred thousand times. It gets super boring now. <laughs> to get to a million, you'd be million, like, dude, we've done this nine hundred thousand times. Uh, I think part of when we start to think about doing stuff like that, people yeah. make comments like that, and I think that's a good thing because yeah, people course. start to realize. Well, of course, we you know a lot of like a, a care of this planet is a, our ability, our lack of care in this planet is a lot of people not believing that we we're capable of affecting right. something on that's that scale. An excellent. And way when, of one of the it. ways I like say, when when Elon said that, I think he's you know he opened a lot of people's minds. They're like, oh, don't do that to Mars. It's cool the way it is, and everyone started to think like. Holy shit! Let's that's work a on thing. Baltimore. Yeah, <laughs> right. but it does. It opens a thing that I think a lot of right. scientists have known Absolutely. for a while is we do have the power to do that right. kind of thing. Right. And if we start learning how to do things like deflect an asteroid right. or change the the um, the gas content of an atmosphere, we maybe people will start to think, oh, this is a thing we can actually really work on on our you know right. on Earth where or, we need to, actually, and we're already we're, doing we're it. We're already doing it. Yeah, right. right. Exactly. I mean, a lot of people I've talked to who are skeptics of global warming, a lot of it is, well, I don't understand how a car can you know have that much impact right. on the entire Earth. Right. When really it's like, well, yeah, but there's a, there's a there's lot a, of cars. There's a few cars, and yeah. And it's not the whole Earth. It's just this tiny little thin section that we happen right. to be lucky to live on. How but, do we get out of this conundrum? Of global warming. Do you guys have any ideas? Well, I think deflecting an asteroid would be a great to way. here. Just, no, just to, just psychologically 
make people realize that kind of thing can be done. But no, but how do we uh, not die? Like, how do we get the shit out of so the I atmosphere? So I got some really bad news. What's that? You're gonna die. Okay, my grandkids. How do they not have skin cancer at three? Well, or you marry a black they woman. Put with my chick's Mexican. I'm browning yeah. up. Oh, there you go. So yeah. there you go. Good, good stuff. I'm, I'm getting in there. For global warming. I am. I'm getting some melanin in there. Good stuff. I, I first, I don't know if you want to ask him instead of me because you. No, you, why don't you get it first? Okay. I mean, uh, one of the, I think one of the biggest problems that we're going to face with global warming is that you know people like us, people who are well off and have access to a lot of resources, we're probably the least at risk from anything seriously bad happening. I think the problems are going to be people who are in an area that's habitable now and maybe it will dry up or they live on an island where it will be in the ocean it will be in the ocean the people who who fish a lot yeah so it's it's really going to be it's going to be a a political thing for most because those people need to then leave that's what a lot of people don't realize in like america and india and stuff like if Bangladesh goes down, like, they're not just going to die. Like, they're going to run. Gonna, yeah, they're going to run. And then yeah. you start destabilizing all the countries next to them. Yeah. My so. uncle is a farmer, and he does not – I don't know whether he be- – we sometimes debate whether global warming is happening, although he's a farmer, so he kind of gets that climate change mm, is happening. Right. Yeah. I think he might not agree that it, human action is the cause of it, but – you don't have to actually have that debate. If you can agree that human action could affect it in the future, right? whether or not it's our dumbness that put us in the situation or the happenstance of nature that's put us in the situation, if we can affect it, that's the real central question. 100%. Yeah. Uh, I have, okay, I have a question about this water. Um, I think that at the press conference they mentioned that uh, one of the rovers, I think maybe Opportunity or something, I'm not sure, because they... I don't and I was working during the press conference. Oh, okay. Well, they said that so. one of them was possibly near one of these uh, uh, RSLs. RSLs, right? Yeah. Yes. As, uh, but uh, I was a little sad to hear. Well, I mean, I understand what what their idea yeah. was, but they were a little worried that this might contaminate those, so that we can't test it in the future. What is RSL? Are you RSL is one of these short term rivers? Uh, but it was yeah, what recurring was slope linear. Is the lines on SL mean? I think I missed that day of class in trigonometry. Yeah. So um, (laughs) no, they actually invented that term just for the press conference. These weird streaks that would show up on these slopes, and they'd be there, and then they'd be gone. And they said, "Is it water that comes out and streaks down?" And the answer now is, "Yes, it is." Maybe the mountain was crying, man. It is. (laughs) It is. An analogy to. I want to hear. Do we have another analogy? Maybe the mountain was crying, bro. <laughs> Profound. So, will one of the rovers? Uh, well, so the do trick you think about they can that get one is, to go there? you know, when we we spend a lot of time cleaning our spacecraft, mm-hmm. um, and yet there is Earth life that is in the nooks and crannies that we worry about, and and where we see liquid water on the surface of Mars, we've got to worry about that. That may be a site that could support. Life either does support life on Mars now or could support our Earth germs and bugs if we went there. Mm-hmm. So that um, typically makes something called a special region. And we throw a whole bunch of rules like Star Trek's prime directive kind of thing where we... But for want, microbes. But for microbes. Yeah, okay. yeah, well, microbes are life too. Mm-hmm. And they may be just super smart too and you don't even Micro know Micro lives matter. Yeah, <laughs> that's, 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 that's right. Like, literally, literally, we're trying to not give Mars cooties. 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Keep the cooties to yourself. That's right. No but kissing, the, no Doesn't licking. that sort of sound like uh, what happened with the audio equipment where our fear of party <laughs> causes us to not investigate further? Um, that certainly is. And Because, uh, I mean, Elon's sending – he's sending the nuke there whether we like it or not. That's right. I think so. Elon's actually, a wild man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, by the way, this is, you know, we talk about these planets and protecting them, and it's an international thing, right? We have international treaties with the with uh, UN nations. Oh, yeah, but everybody this. knows those are just, those are winky-wink. Kind of yeah. Thing, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we so. said, like, the moon was for all mankind, but, I mean, if you know, if there were, like, gold rocks on it, we'd probably, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we, we, we might not have said that. <laughs> the Arctic Circle's going through that now. With yeah, yeah, oil. yeah. yeah. Uh, Russia yeah. claimed the North Pole, I think. There's yeah, a Russian flag peace at the... until there's, there's some shit. Yeah. Right. Have well, you seen this resources. flag? It's so cool. It's uh, It's underwater. It's an underwater flag. Really? Yeah. Wow. At the North on, the, Pole. on the surface, yeah, of, on the surface the, on the of the Earth. Bottom. Yeah, it's really awesome. They planted. That's they like went down with a submarine and planted this Russian flag. It's awesome. Oh. I mean, I wish we had done it, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be fair, they they clearly have a monopoly on like cold as shit weather. So yeah, they're yeah, good at they, that. Yeah, they should go down there naked. Yeah. <laughs> 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 hammered. He just downed yeah. a bottle of vodka and just went down there. Yeah. He's yeah. He wrestled bear first, then yeah. went down. And then he shot dog. <laughs> well, speaking of Russians, this is um, – so when I was looking at uh, the, 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 the history of sending rovers uh, yeah. or satellites to They've Mars. They've not been lucky. It was it – was, so it started in the 60s, right, yeah. with the Russians. And then there's a period of time where there's nothing. Was yeah. it like because there's no funding? It feels like the technology has been there since the 60s, which is amazing. Russia was over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like 20 years. And then now it's finally coming back. We'll right, be so, a lot so of between stuff. 70, mid 70s, 76, or launched in 75, I believe, and 96, 20, over 20 years, we had not launched, the U.S. did not launch uh, a mission to, uh, to Mars. After Viking. Viking went there to say, is Mars alive or not? Mm-hmm. With all the knowledge we had about what life is, like, for instance, not unlocking a lot of genetic information about lots of the things on Earth, um, uh, we went, f- frankly, with, like, Petri dishes kind of stuff, and we brought soil in and stuck it in the Petri dish and, and hoped that if Mars was alive, stuff would grow, nothing grew, yeah, that we test like, was kind of that test was kind of like does it breathe and stuff like that. Right. I, it, it, to me, so it looked you like you can't grow corn there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. To me, it looked no, like no. I was trying to imagine that same probe landing in like Barstow, and right. I figured it would have almost the it same. It might results. have. Well, <laughs> and, and that's funny. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it, it really was just like oh, dirt. You know, <laughs> you wait for a plant to like, yeah. grow out with <laughs> leaves pushing, you know, right. tentacles and everything. It's just <laughs> so that would be twenty years, and actually, uh, um, Viking was done back when we were in the space race with the Russians. It was sort of pretend civil, but there was a national pride thing. And so we spent amply on that. Uh And we got didn't get a a clear scientific result. And so there would be 20 years before we'd go back. And we went back uh, with Pathfinder. And it was called Pathfinder not because we didn't know how to go to Mars, but we were trying to figure out a new, cheaper way of doing it, embracing risk and trying things differently. And we did, and it succeeded, and probably cost less than a tenth of what Viking cost. Right. Um, I can't tell you what Viking cost because we didn't keep track back wow. in those oh, days. Wow. Is that awesome? That was one what? nice thing about the Cold War. Yeah, You exactly. didn't have to all that damn it. Get her done. It's like <laughs> all, all those scientists are now in the Canary Islands for some reason. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just that cost. That's classified. Because yeah. it's amazing to me that like 50 years ago we had the technology to go to Mars. 
So you think it would just kept that going? Now we'll have the technology to go to far distance in the galaxy. Which Talking about beings, Europa, right? you know. Yep. But well, but we went to Pluto. That was awesome. Right. That's that's true. But it, it just seems like that twenty year gap. Why are we not focusing have... on Europa? Well, oh well, oh, good you, stuff. You there. Just, I, you're going to work on that, right? Well, uh, yeah. So Europa, we're we're you know uh, we've got a mission going to Europa. That's awesome. It, it's uh, it flies by. Europa a lot. It actually is in orbit around uh, Jupiter and flies by Europa because Europa is actually in a really high radiation zone of of Jupiter's, and so hanging out at Europa is a just destroys you if you're a spacecraft or a human mm. or anything. It just sort of cooks you. But not the ocean, though, right? The ocean. Well, the, is we shielded? think that there's an ice crust on the ocean thick enough. Like kilometers thick, mm-hmm. maybe tens of kilometers thick, maybe 40, 50 kilometers thick. We don't know. That's actually one of the questions that that we'll ha- hopefully tease out with Clipper. But um, which is this Clipper? mission? Uh, we call it's currently called Europa Clipper. But oh. um, the, this mission that swings by is um, uh, it will hopefully uh, tease out the, some of the ice thickness. But we're also you know there are studies underway to see if we could add at a reasonable price. A, um, a, a landed component to that because if you're going to go get it takes you five seven years to get out there and if you're going to spend all that time building spacecraft and all that time going out there shouldn't we try and take a landed element and we're we're trying to see uh, what but the problem is it might land i mean it, it will land on the ice and the ice, ice skates. the top probably doesn't have any life on it because it doesn't it does a giant zamboni lands before <laughs> it smooths out yeah. and then looks down yeah that could be you know uh the the Arct- antarctic is extremely clear there's an experiment where they uh they lower these light detectors and they look for high energy neutrinos, and you can see through a kilometer of ice, Whoa. like all the way. Light goes through a. Cl- the reason is because over time the the ice pushes all the gas bubbles and the dirt slowly out, and it and so there's these regions of Antarctica where the ice yeah, is just amazingly clear. clear. And now they're trying to set up a similar experiment in Greenland, so they're they're trying to test if it's uh, the same. And I. I don't totally remember. I think the result so far is that it might even be more clear in Whoa. Greenland wow. if it stays there. So, yeah. so I mean, it, it could, right. I so, wonder yeah, if Europa Well, if that's if not Europa so much the, the idea. Way. The idea is that we think that the ice on Europa is overturning oh, on, like a, um, yeah, on a maybe tens of thousands of years time. Scale. We don't really so know this is why you get these uh, like ridges, ridges and, and, and cracks spreads and, and all, all sorts of different topography. Yeah, it almost looks like it has plate tectonics but with ice. It almost looks of, like oh, that. Yeah. And so if that's the case, you might be able to go to the surface and find material that came from underneath that's been exported up to the surface. So it's no longer alive. It's been cooked by the radiation of, 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 um, of Jupiter for eons and it's clearly dead so you don't have to worry about taking our bugs and commingling with their bugs and creating something but you have the capacity to see the remnants of what might be life or or organic material from underneath the ocean there's nuclear fission on jupiter no what's the radiation from Oh, I'm sorry, on Jupiter. Yes, there are nuclear processes, I think, that go on at the core of Jupiter. No, no, there's no fission, sorry. I'm so just, yeah. what's the radiation from? How's uh, it, so it has a really big uh, magnetic field, which uh, uh, pulls in particles from the sun. The sun. Oh, so it's so, like solar radiation. Just yeah, but okay. the field on Jupiter is much bigger than on Earth. Here it actually yeah. helps us quite a bit. Uh, and it keeps life. Because it deflects. Forward. It deflects it all to the poles where right. yeah. most a lot of things don't live. And you get the, the aurora, aurora borealis. And yeah. you get Russians. 
Russians. <laughs> with with underwater flags. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so uh, what I thought you were asking about was Europa, and if there was, um, why is there water underneath the ice? Yeah. Oh, well, why is and it warm? It, and right. why is it warm? And the answer for that is tidal forces acting on what we think is a rocky core of Europa due to Jupiter crushing and move and, and basically making friction inside the rocky core of Europa creating enough heat to keep a region of the what we think is liquid water um, in a liquid form, like keeping what we think is water in a liquid form. And we know all about these tidal forces because we talked about them on our last episode with uh, Kip Thorne. Spaghettification? Yeah. Well, no, eh, sort of. No, the tidal force, the things that created those huge tsunamis yeah, yeah. in interstellar, that would happen around uh, a black hole. The thing that was weird is that Jupiter is actually, you can actually have worse tidal forces on Jupiter than even the, the surface of a black hole if the black hole is very big. Jupiter being small actually makes a you know it's closer it's to the center gravity. mass center mass. It's a gravity gradient question. Interesting. Yeah, uh, and that happens with Io, right? Also, to yes. the extreme. Yeah, to well, the point it, you know, that it's it's, it's, it's not being even busted up. You know, it's it's uh, make you know all the volcanism that's there. Yeah. Is, it, go, is, it goes all the way to the extreme that doesn't even have water now. Right. It looks like right. you know it, it right. boiled off all of its ice right. and water, and now it just has these enormous volcanoes and. But it, maybe it has life, too, because we see life at volcanoes. So it would be kind of weird, but, you right. know, maybe. Yeah. You know. Can life survive radiation if it's just... Uh, there's some pretty hardy life out there. It's yeah. A, so one of the reasons that uh, I, I, I got a... We had a talk from um, one of the guys who... I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. But he, he was one of the people whose job was to help sterilize the um, the rovers. Okay, and, great. And, and Nick? What, uh, it was a long time ago. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> just rubs a bunch like, of dude, yeah, is it Nick? Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen that dude in a while. Dude, I haven't What's seen he sterile works? Nick in a while. Yeah. 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 That would have been great. <laughs> like his had, like, nickname is based around sterilization. Yeah. Have you seen sterile Nick in a while? Oh, <laughs> oh, Purell Nick? No, yeah. man. No germs uh, Nick. Yeah, yeah. He, he said one of the biggest problems is like the amount of radiation. You can sterilize stuff with radiation, but there's some microbes that are so resistant to it. Right. You can't keep things that also work in that right. environment. You, you can't, destroy If you have a microbe right. on, a, on a computer, you risk frying the computer if you're yep. trying to fry everything on there. So there's yep. definitely – Does that mean that like things came through the space to come here? Because why else would you evolve to – be like that? Well, there's there's two problems. Uh, so we talked about that on an earlier one, too, this panspermia idea. Yeah. You did talk is, panspermia? Yeah. I love yeah. panspermia. <laughs> 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 it's just, that made the whole episode right there. That's our yeah. opening clip right there. Um, yeah, so, uh, but the problem is Neil deGrasse Tyson pointed sure out. sure our opening clip isn't you getting your own name wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> so Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson had a thing where he pointed out even if life is from Earth, it still had a really strong uh, reason to survive, being able to survive being thrown into space because an early Earth would have been hit by many meteors over and over and over. So there'd be a lot of debris that went up. All of Earth is sterilized, and then you know from from the, the sheer heat of the impact, and then there'd be comets that land back down. The big issue is: do those you know those all those same events could also send them to other planets right. and the other way around? Oh, right. So, so are you a fan of Pamsernia, or do you think if we find Martians, they'll be Martians, or are they going to be our I, ancestors? Well, um, what I love about it is the question. 
I don't know what the, the answer is actually not that interesting as the question <laughs> because the question can be really wild, right? <laughs> um, if you imagined us humans trying to um, colonize uh, and in the absence of finding faster than light travel, mm-hmm. we would find ourselves using some kind of strange, likely genetic techniques and throwing pond scum with some sort of elaborative and not easy to conceive of today way of the pond scum assembling itself into stuff that would look more like us or Mm. progenitors of us. So it's just like a a GMO... Uh, Elon Musk and Donald Trump that just sort of like grow out of the ooze <laughs> yes. when they land. That's okay. right. Grow right. slowly over millions of years of evolution out right. of the ooze. Prometheus was based on that, right? The movie? Oh, yeah, I think. I think well, so. Well, yeah. maybe. I don't totally, didn't totally get. Yes. Yeah. Truth is, I fell asleep. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty it's a very beautiful yeah. movie. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> right. So, but anyway, and so like maybe that's how we got here. We so, got spermed. Yeah, so that's the thing I really love, right? This idea that, like... um, Is that you can use the word sperm in a serious (laughs) press conference and not get in trouble? That's right. No, I'm sure I'll get in trouble. But, um, (laughs) uh, no, this idea that... I just like playing with interesting ideas, right? And this idea that um, life might evolve someplace to the point in which it can encode itself into this super trick thing, huck these radiation-hardened microorganisms out that are sort of in some way that we do not understand able to construct from themselves the progenitors of what will become us, and then we evolve to the place where we figure out how to do that trick again and do it again and do it again. So these creatures bootstrap themselves across the the, uh, universe, really, the galaxy, um, and maybe intergalactic travel. It's hard to – that's a lot of distance. But – Well, you know, this is where I get most excited about it. If you look at, like, (laughs) galactic orbits of stars, uh, you know, stars really mix a lot. We go on these. It doesn't take that long to go around the galaxy, even though the galaxy seems like a big thing. It's like it's it's short compared to billions of years. It's yes. like hundreds of millions of years, right? Because we're traveling like the Earth tra- travels right now roughly point oh one percent of the speed of light. So even though we're separated by light years, you know, every ten thousand years we go uh, light year, which isn't that bad. So uh, it, it, there's you could you could see these little. I'll, maybe I'll post it on the website. There's little animations that people have made of. The, the paths that stars take and the the neighboring stars all fly past each other it's not this nice organized circles Dance. like the planet yeah right. it's very chaotic and so it really does look if you imagine like it's a petri dish and it turns out that we find that pamsfermi is true on europa and on mars to me it seems like the chance that we've done that with other stars goes yep. way up yeah because uh you know either we're, either, we're passing either by stars all the um, time either by accident by randomness or with intent yeah right it's like a rolling stones tour schedule <laughs> <laughs> you just see pregnancies all on the <laughs> so you think it, let's say global warming takes over and then we just destroy ourselves as a race will there still be these, I guess, on a microbial level, oh, sure. is intelligent enough to leave into space and then go create a new life form out there and then start a whole new cycle. Well, no, if we destroy ourselves, the 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 you know the the dominant us being the dominant species on this planet would stop and something else would 
uh, hopefully adapt to the environment that's that's left behind. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Something else will adapt. Yeah, grow I think, yeah. on the well, same planet. The whole land could be for cockroaches. We are just seeding. We are actually the, the terraforming agents right. of the mm-hmm. cockroach paradise. We're journalists. <laughs> right. We're journalists. We're, we're just taking pictures. We're interrupting the them. The cockroach kings put us uh, on this yeah. planet to make <laughs> oh a cockroach God. paradise. They were cold. They wanted us to just warm it up a little and then die. <laughs> and then they go back to their business. <laughs> right, right. Are we going to try taking like a cockroach or something to Mars, see if they can survive? Or is that not cool? <laughs> that, uh, that's animal cruelty. Yeah, like, but it's like a, ethnic. Very, ethnic a very complicated uh, cool? question that you just asked. Um, <laughs> we have no plans currently to take cockroaches to Mars. Aww. What if what if uh, no germ Nick missed a cockroach? Right. Yeah, that would be a, a serious. That'd be a huge serious holiday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like a whoops. We killed all the protozoa. It's like, but yeah. there's a cockroach, Nick. <laughs> like there's a fully functioning. Right. It's just sitting. Yeah, Look, yeah. everything else is there. Yeah. He is there. Now he's there. And now he's there. I don't know what he's eating. You must have left even some food for him. <laughs> he, he looks super bored, fear. Nick. <laughs> the Roach Motel. Yeah. Okay. Figure so, out how to check out. Uh, in the last uh, 15 minutes or so, yeah. uh, I have a question about uh, God. <laughs> no, I don't want to go that serious. Say it. Uh, although someone responded to me when I posted about water on Mars, someone's pointed so, out that God put it there. Done. Like, okay. Uh, that's don't you ever get jealous of those people though? Because they just have answers. Oh, you yeah, don't so have to simple. try to prove anything. Oh my God! Absolutely. <laughs> it's like no, God did it. It's like yeah. God. I mean, we were talking about so the easy. We were so talking easy. about the spectrum earlier. The, yeah. you know, the autism spectrum. I have this this uh, this theory that like people who like a uh, theism is like the opposite of autism. So, like, hmm. autism is where you don't see the personality of other people. Like, you have trouble perceiving what other people are thinking. Right. And theism is, like, the other extreme where you see the universe thinking and, you, you know, that just feels natural to you. And right. I feel like that's why wow, so that's many scientists. That's yeah, that, yeah. I, I'm going to have to take a moment with that one. Yeah, <laughs> and that, that would, exp- you know, that, that explains why the scientists tend to be towards the that spectrum is because that's part of that mentality is part of science is like, well, I'm going to figure this out as a thing. You know, you don't and, – and a lot of scientists uh, sometimes treat people that way too. You know, it's like, right. oh, I'm going to figure out this interaction by right. experimenting. <laughs> Everything's very everything. objective. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, like I might, for example, take a while to set up the sound equipment as an experiment to see what kind of reaction I can get for yeah, Owen. For instance. Right. <laughs> right. Just, that was totally, an experiment yeah, exactly. disguised yeah. as just, right. you know, Clumsiness. total yeah. – Totally. And there will there will be one fatality from that experiment. Owen's <laughs> <laughs> gonna fucking snap. <laughs> All right. So uh, I wasn't actually gonna talk about God. That that just yeah, was. Okay. We dealt with that. That's done. Okay. That's, uh, that's, that's solved. Okay. So uh, my question is about the Martian coming up. Yeah. Uh, so it's a movie. obviously, yes, it's a movie, and obviously they talk about uh, sending people to Mars. Mm-hmm. So. You being sort of one of the main representatives of the robot union on Mars. Yeah, are by accident, you, but yes. Yeah, yeah, are you, they did not vote for me, by the way. <laughs> the <robots. laughs> Mohawk guy won the voting. Oh. Yeah, but it was rigged. They no, owned the voting it was, it was the Electoral College that got me in. <laughs> nice. Uh, yes. Nice. Hanging chads. So, uh, did, so are you in favor of people on Mars, both for two, two separate categories? One... Uh, scientific reasons, and the other just to to do it because it'd be awesome. Right. So I think the most, frankly, the most awesome things we do as human beings, we do just because they're awesome, not for a good reason. Agreed. Not for mm-hmm. a practical Agreed. reason. Art, architecture, 
sausage, um, <laughs> uh, music, literature. I mean, you name it. All high fiving. High fiving. High fiving. There's right, no scientific right. application to a high five. Yeah. Uh-huh. Conceivably, even podcasting. Yeah. And <laughs> um, and so, but that's what makes us us. And so, I think that the act of exploring, even with robots, even to answer science questions that are important questions still really is about a gesture of our humanity about us being us stretching out actually asking the question of how much us can we be right how grand are we how much do we got Mm. what can we do and so that's why i think we explore i think that's the best reason why we explore it's not about tang or about teflon it's about what can we do and since it's an act of our humanity, it makes perfect sense that humans should be involved. Not, I don't have a good reason for that. I don't accept the best reason of all, which is all the things that we do are like that. Mm-hmm. The greatest things of us are that way. So I am a proponent of human exploration. It, humans are a lot more fragile than robots. And so we need to drink and eat and we want to sleep and we get grouchy if we stay in a room for too long and all sorts of stuff like that that make it a challenge and more expensive than exploring with, with robots. But um, uh, I think we explore as a gesture of our humanity, and humans should absolutely be part of that. Wow. That was awesome. a great. That was great. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. We have great communication. <laughs> wow. drop. Drop. Ladies and gentlemen, you just saw a mic drop on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was on board. <laughs> you have great leadership skills. Thank you. I was just what you, said, you, you literally right? could have sold me into anything. I would have <laughs> did anything. I'm like, yeah, that's what makes us. Right. I would have done anything. I feel like we should end on that because that yeah. was such you a can't good note. That. Yeah. That's what makes being human super fun. Absolutely. All right, yeah. Adam Stelter. Not asking why. Thank you very much. It's like just well, do it, except much. the swoosh goes all the way to Mars. Ooh, sweet. Awesome. I'm the it's like dot 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 guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my name's Kevin Hickerson. You can follow me on Twitter, KP Hickerson. Uh, uh, Owen Benjamin, I'm on tour right now, OwenBenjamin.com. Come to my shows. Jimmy O'Yang, you can find me on JimmyComedy.com or uh, Funny Asian Dude on Twitter. Or Emmy nominated Silicon Valley. Don't Woo, be shy, that's man. Right. That's yes, a killer yeah, show. Yeah. Uh, Emmy nominated. <laughs> Uh, and uh, also, Jimmy's going to be cast as one of the Asian scientists in uh, Kip Thorne's next sci-fi movie. Is that true? No. I'm like, what? Oh, did you get a PS? Dude, in our <laughs> world, that shit really happens. <laughs> I know, bro. Yeah. I'm cool, just trying Kevin. to get the idea out there so that there will be some, like, uh, well, you know. Kevin Hickerson's about to win a Nobel Prize. He's been selected. Oh, no, wait, he hasn't. shit. All right, Griff. How about you? At Griff Pippen. And if you're in small towns in Romania in March, come see me in comedy <laughs> shows. Are you going back to yeah. Romania? Yeah. yeah. Are you going back I found to a niche market. Yeah. <laughs> he loves gypsies. I just... Are you secretly a sex trafficker? Oh, wow. That's in another podcast, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But is there like a Romanian funny bone? Like, what is that? <laughs> there's yeah, a ha-ha-ha in Transylvanian castle. Romanian butt Improv, Dracula runs at its grave. Don't you hate it when someone drinks your blood and cuts your head off? I hate that. So, Adam, do you have anything to plug? Do you have a Mars rover you want to plug or a planet? My name is Adam Stelzner. I am not on tour. Um, <laughs> and you're actually hard to get a hold of. So I already know yeah. that. I mean, 
I see you almost every week, and I couldn't get a hold of you. Right, no, it's, it, so uh, that's how I want anybody it. Anybody listening to this podcast, <laughs> you cannot. Find no, no, no. <laughs> so uh, you, uh, you can find me wireless. on the Twitter Spirit at, at Steltzner, um, uh, but I infrequently tweet. Um, but definitely check out that video, Seven Minutes of Terror. That is awesome. Yes. I love it. And you give a lot of talks. I believe you gave a TED Talk. Yes, I've done some TED yep. stuff, and, and I, I speak uh, occasionally. Um, but uh, mostly I keep my head down and get my job done at the lab. You're, right. so, you're the man. You yeah. are, dude. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. You can leave it there. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> what a wonderful universe. <laughs>